Hello, hello, hello. I feel excited today and I hope you do too. I hope you feel excited every day because right now we are in the present turmoil. That sounds very, very, <laughs> it can sound very morbid if you say it in a different tone, more or less a little bit nerve wracking and curious by nature, but I'm excited. I'm excited to be delving deeper and deeper into us, into the collective species that is humanity. I don't know if you feel the same, but hey, as long as I feel good, then that's all that matters to me. And what should matter to you is that you feel good. You give yourself the deserved breaks that you don't take often. This is a huge break. So please do yourself a favor and live and really revel in the things that you consider mundane. When you wash your face or hands in the morning, really feel that water as it's dripping onto your fingertips and onto your forehead. Just appreciate everything because it's all temporary at the end of the day. Our existence is fragile. That was the first podcast. Time plays a huge part in that. That was also the first podcast. Our ego is what collectively makes us stay stagnant. That was the second podcast. And as we have, for the most part gone past the insecurity phase from the last podcast, the third one. Today is about short-sightedness and legacy. My name is Daniel Lika, and I'm going to be taking you on this journey today. Today. Always today. So, before I go too deep, let me just say a few things. Firstly, if there's any misconceptions about anything I say, I am an accessible figure. Please reach out and ask me about anything. I want to have this conversation. I want to have this dialogue with you guys, you girls, you beings, you human beings. I want this conversation. It's not supposed to be an easy conversation. Nothing is supposed to be easy by nature. If it is, then it just immediately becomes disposable to us. We need to have these conversations now more than ever. We could have put it off in the past. And that's the reason why the past is the past, because we have put it off. We can wait until future circumstances to address it, but that's not guaranteed. We have to talk about this now. So if there is any misconceptions with anything that I've said in the past, if I, <laughs> if there's any misconceptions from what I say now, because it all is now, let me know. And let's have an open dialogue and open conversation about this. But today's conversation, I want to focus on short-sightedness and legacy. 
kind of in the similar vein to how fragility and time correlate with one another. I think the same goes for short-sightedness and insecurity. Let me rephrase that because I had a brain fart. (laughs) I think that that goes with short-sightedness and legacy. There we go. Okay, I'm all over the place. How has your current day been before I start anything even more? I'm a little bit jittery. I'm a little all over the place. But but my mind has been scattered. I'm not going to lie. My mind has been scattered because I have been heavily considering a lot of things. A lot of things of what I'm doing, of how I'm being conveyed. And for the lack of a better term, just how I feel. How I've been feeling in this current moment. There have been better days where I have been much more freeing and much more calm. And there have been other days where I have had emotional outbreaks. And that's to be expected because we all can't be one way all the time. As humans, we have nuance, we have dimensions, we have layers. And we have to embrace all of them. Remember what I said last podcast, transparency is key. We have to be there for one another. If we aren't, then what's the point? What's the point of being human and doing all of these things to enhance your standing if other humans can't look at you and they can't take what you've done or the tools that you're leaving behind and utilize them? Your words are your tools at the bare minimum. Use them efficiently. That's how I feel. And so how... I've been feeling as of late is more or less just jumbled up in my head. It's been, and I hate to talk about how I feel in the present because the present will soon be considered the past to some people, but it's important that I'm honest and forefront on this platform. And how I've been feeling is I've been in a huge state of considering, considering what will happen in regards to will people listen to these? Will people really consider it and will change actually be enacted? A lot of the times I feel as if people think that the first step to change is the only step. That's not the case. I feel like a lot of people think that everything needs to be put on display for everybody, but that's not the case. The best work or rather, the most efficient and the most productive work is done behind the scenes. Because I don't know about you, but when I find an artist that I like, or I find a band or whatever that I like, I immediately inform myself with who do they surround themselves with? Who is their team? Because to get to the position that a lot of these people get to isn't just a one-person clinic. It's a whole tribe. It's a whole community. That's why they call it a team. Because at the end of the day, the artist at the forefront is the star player. And the team facilitates the roles necessary in order for that person to succeed. The artist ultimately has to do a lot of work in creating the art. But afterwards, all of the behind the scenes stuff that you don't see, that's important. 
And so for me, I just have been considering a lot of things in regards to what will people take away from this? Because the reason why I've been considering it is because it's not in my control. I've had recent conversations where people have told me how I come off and it is not nearly what I would imagine. But why is that? Why do I even imagine what people might think of me or how I might come off to people? Why am I projecting something that other people are going to intake and completely misinterpret eventually? Why am I doing that? It's because I've been taught that for the longest time and to actively unlearn that is the most difficult thing. Realizing that I'm a man and I have powers that other groups might not ever have is scary. But I want us to get to a point where we can admit that and then actively unlearn and work towards making sure everybody has an equal right to exist. Right now, it's very, very skewed. That makes me personally feel sad. But what's to be sad if I'm not going to do anything about it? What is emotion if it isn't a correspondent or something that enables change? Change is good. Change means that we're progressing. And I know a lot of people might take that phrase and say, well, certain situations are changing, but they're changing in different ways. Okay, those different ways are going to teach us that we didn't anticipate the extent of change that this person wanted to enact. Or we're going to see that this person was never really about facilitating an environment or encompassing an atmosphere of existence. Simply put. So that's really what my mind has been on recently. And I hope that, you know, anybody can relate to that. I've been told repeatedly that I overthink and I agree. (laughs) I agree most definitely. But, you know, what is life if you don't think even to a little extent? I think too much because I know that there's people who don't think at all. So I'm thinking for them. I'm not necessarily telling them what to do, but I have to think for them. I have to think how does their life and their right to exist infringe on other people's right to exist or does not infringe on other people's rights. I have to always think about that stuff. I always have to think about what other people think of me because that is the world I have been conditioned into. The only thing that I can hope is when I'm older, And when I've gained age and hopefully maybe have offspring, have kids, that I can bring them into a world where they don't have to be conditioned into understanding the world the way that I have. I want them, the kids that I may or may not have, I want them, any kid for that matter, actually, let me make it more broad. I want kids to listen to this and I want them to feel Like their generation has done enough to change this, to change the present turmoil that we live in. And that present turmoil will change to another one. The present turmoil will never go away. As long as people exist, there will always be struggle. It's a sad realization of life. 
But with that being said, I would hope that we can address the broad struggles that exist and that whatever struggles are left are personal and we can address those one by one. Because if you are successful in addressing universal struggles, then what happens is the struggle doesn't necessarily go away. It just manifests into more positive energy. That's what I've learned throughout my life. All the struggles that I've had in middle school, high school, college, in the working field, all of those struggles have just regenerated into positive energy. And that is because I have made the decision to take that negative energy and retransmute it as positive. It's definitely possible, but it just requires effort. And to have a conversation about short-sightedness and legacy, that requires effort. But it's an effort I'm willing to make. So I have a couple of things written about short-sightedness and legacy. Legacy I have more written because I have a more dictionary definition, not even a dictionary definition. Let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. Like I said, my mind is pretty jumbled today. This isn't a dictionary definition, but this is a definition that I deemed acceptable for this conversation. And after reading this definition for legacy, what I would like to do is I would like to read an excerpt from a book that I recently published for 72 hours. It's called My Eye. And I did it, I made this book with the hope that people can take the information that's conveyed in it and they can learn from it and do better. But I wanted it to be a special experience, so that's the reason why I was only on sale for 72 hours. But, and I know I say that a lot, I know I say transitional words like but simultaneously, I know I say those words a lot, but that's me. Let me just read this. The excerpt from the book is a little bit more hostile in its tone, in my opinion, but take it how how you will. And I will first read what I wrote in my journal today. And afterwards, I will read the excerpt. So when it comes to legacy, a legacy is the story of someone's life, the things they did, places they went, goals they accomplished, their failures, and more. Legacy is something that a person leaves behind to be remembered by. Legacies are pathways that guide people in decisions with what to do or what not to do. That being said, let me go into this excerpt. I hope you enjoy it. Legacy is an interesting topic to me. Us as humans will do anything to not only have our names remembered once we're gone, but will actively attempt to suppress the voices of those trying to make life better for those still here. We all have this innate fear of things being better after our time is up, but isn't that the whole point of all this? People continually say they want to attain power to incite change, but what's real change? Something that shatters your narrow point of view? I feel as though we are all ignorant to an amalgamation of things, and sadly, we're too ignorant to even recognize that. We possess such a tremendous gift to do so much, but there are too many who are interested in self-fulfillment. Quite frankly, it's sad. Yet, 
Within fundamentally flawed systems on both a grand and minute scale, there is beauty within the atrocities. People who have used their little influence and have led by action. Periodically over the past few years, I've heard the phrase, less talk, more action. And every time I hear it, I chuckle a little bit, because less talk still gives room for humans to use our words and mess up like we do so often. If I told you the amount of people I've interacted with that are of this mind state, they've always leaned vastly on the less talk portion of this ideology. And even though outside forces would be more inclined to transform this lifestyle into more talk, less action, I still tend to identify it excuse me, as the former one. Until we recognize that words are no longer enough, then we will continue to feed a system that actively doesn't care about us. Individuals in these systems don't care about us, no matter how pretty their words sound. True innovators tend to lead by example, and I'm slowly recognizing that not everyone is meant to be a true innovator. Not everyone is meant to be a friend. Not everyone is meant to be an enemy. With that being said, I find it increasingly interesting that people are starting to realize that a majority of art is being perceived by unintended audiences as a means of quantifying one's worth and why they deserve to exist. I refuse to play a part in this game any longer, and this is the reason why I abide by the mantra, no talk, just action. It's no longer about what can you do for me, but rather it's about what can you do for the greater good. I'm okay with walking and struggling, if that means someone will run with ease later. I'm okay with people using my life as a blueprint and ultimately improving upon my ideas. But I don't feel comfortable having to appeal to the oblivious. Some people do see these issues and really do care, but others want to make it seem like they care. But be honest with yourself. You don't, and I'm not going to force you to care. That was from my eye. It's interesting because I feel like words such as leader, words such as innovator, those words tend to be falsely used in pretenses that don't incite them. And why is that? Because we've been fed false narratives our whole life in regards to what leaders are, what they're meant to do, and how they attempt to do it. When you think about governments, governments aren't always forefront with what they're doing. In fact, a lot of the time they aren't. But through human courage and because as humans, we would hope that the people working above us are working for the greater good, which in my personal opinion, it feels like they are sometimes, but a lot of times aren't. We have faith that they're doing the right thing behind the scenes. A lot of people think that a leader is supposed to be visible, but that isn't the only definition of leader. Leading and innovating, just like blackness, just like our whole world, is a spectrum. And the people that are short-sighted feel as though the people most visible are the leaders. That has never been the case. 
leading is about adopting a lifestyle and abiding by it even when the cameras are off, even when there's nobody else in sight. You have to always exemplify what you mean. Because if you don't, I don't care. You're not a leader, in my opinion. People have short-sightedness. And when I talk about short-sightedness, this is one of the most interesting words because it is an abstract noun. And an abstract noun denotes an idea quality or state rather than a concrete object short-sightedness is it consists of the word short sight the suffix ed and the suffix ness and so when you think about what the whole word means it means lack of imagination or thought short means measuring a small distance sight is the faculty of power or seeing Excuse me, power of seeing. ED is a past participle. And Ness is what forms the whole abstract noun. So why does short-sightedness really consume us as much as it does? It's because it relates perfectly to the ego. Our second podcast. Do you remember the saying, there's no I in team? If you've ever played team sports, you probably have heard that phrase a numerous amount of times. There have been people who have been funny who have said, yeah, there's no I in team, but there isn't win. And they, they make different ways to approach that saying because it has become so easy to say. It's become one of those staple things. But when you think about it, people who are short-sighted, though. <laughs> I keep on messing up my words today. I'm so sorry. But the people who are able to come up with different ways to identify that saying, there's no I in team, but there is in win. To them, their ego is fueled by the idea that collective success doesn't matter if I'm not winning. Think about it like this, right? I'm secretly a huge sports fan so there's a lot of sports ideology that might come out during this but think about it like this right a lot of the times in culture and society we like to identify one person when it comes to team sports it's interesting because i referenced the last dance documentary and it was talking about michael jordan's agent in the 80s and how that agent wanted to make Michael the face of a team, of a franchise, and how that has never been done before in team sports. But look at it in the context of the present day. A lot of the times when you hear sports broadcasts, it's always so-and-so and their team versus so-and-so and the other team. Even if you look at American politics, it's always this person and their political party versus that person and their political party. It's super interesting because we immediately create divisions. And those divisions are because we are short-sighted and not being able to see how our ego is fed through the idea that even if our team wins, it doesn't matter because I'm not winning. 
the way I see it, we have never been winning. Because if we were winning, no one would be living in poverty. If we were winning, no one would be dying hungry right now. The crisis that's been happening in the world wouldn't be prevalent. For any time. There has never been a collective time in human history where everybody was winning. In America, a lot of people want to consider the 90s as the golden era because the best art, quote-unquote, was coming out. The economy was doing incredible. All of this stuff was doing great. But there was always people who were suffering. So how can we say that we were winning? Do we just negate the losers? Does the universe not have space for losers? If that's the case, then why are they here? What is losing really? Is losing making less than six figures a year from monetary status? Is losing not necessarily knowing who you are, but doing a job that helps ensure that you are safe and secure? What is winning? Is winning dropping 60 points in a game, but your team loses? Is winning identifying yourself by a certain standard and always succeeding it? What if that standard is too low for you? If you're in the gym and you're doing 10 reps and that becomes easy to you, don't you push yourself to 15 or 20? Don't you always push yourself to be the best that you can be? If you don't, then what's the point of existing? Why are you consuming the space that other people would love to? I'm not trying to make you feel bad for having things and other people not having things, but I just want us to come together and realize that if one of us is not winning or losing rather, we all are. We failed the person. People like to act like society has never failed anybody, but that's just not the truth, is it? Society has failed too many people, rather. There are so many people who are going through monstrosities in their home life. There are so many people that are going through suffering on a day-to-day basis. But we want to turn a blind eye to them because that is our ignorance speaking. That is our ego speaking. I want to give people the confidence to make use of their situation, but what if you enter a situation that you can't control? You can't act like this stuff doesn't happen. It does too much. You just don't see it. And I hate that people need to see things with their own eyes to believe that it's happening. I hate that in order for people to believe that Something tremendous like, and this might be a trigger warning, but something tremendous like assault is happening only when it happens to their family member or to their best friend. Shouldn't we encourage a world where that stuff doesn't happen? Because with people playing devil's advocate to that kind of stuff, they're instead fueling the fire of that monstrosity. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just a human trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out alongside us. We realistically have to realize 
and I love that alliteration. I'm sorry I keep saying it, but we have to realize that our desires, whether it's for financial freedom, whether it's for a certain goal or aspiration, oftentimes when we're shooting for those goals, we might not necessarily realize that we are tearing somebody else down and we are negating our own morals in the process. And that can be hypocritical, but you have to understand that the concept of morality isn't the source of hypocrisy. Humane application of them is. Humans, like I previously said, are the most hypocritical species. We love to be hypocritical for sport. <laughs> it's fun. But it's really, really draining at the same time. For people to look you dead in your eye and say that they are one way and see them act another way is draining. But you might try to turn this conversation on me and ask me, Daniel, are you, are you short-sighted or have you ever been short-sighted? I'll put it to you like this. My eyesight, like my physical eyesight, I'm nearsighted. So you can consider that short-sightedness. So my eyesight is but my vision isn't and will never be. When it comes to my eyesight, I'm blind. I'm really blind. But I've always felt that I've been doing things with a greater purpose and I've been driven in a direction for a reason that has passed me. I've considered that reason to be God, but I know not everybody believes. But all I will say is, is that when it comes to my life, I stopped living for myself a long time ago. I knew that my individual portfolio will or would increase due to the nature of what I do, but that never meant anything to me. Being in the public eye never meant anything to me. What means the most to me is people really considering the ideas that I'm putting forth. Are these ideas the most original? Of course not. Nothing in life is original. The only thing that's original is presentation. That's originality. There are a lot of people who have talked about the end of times in art. But the originality comes in the form of its presentation. It's not about what you say, it's how you say it. That is one of the things that I learned from an early age and that is something that I am finally coming to terms with and actively applying it. Content is one thing, but presentation means everything to this world because if people can't look at something and think that they can relate to it, then in turn, that will not resonate in the present moment, in the present turmoil. Simply put, this is how I look at art and this is how I look at product in general. At the end of the day, you have to consider this. You have to make something that has the, how do I want to say this? You want to make something that is presented in an original way that appeals to the demographic that you are trying to make it for. And if that demographic is yourself, then so be it. I think that that's great. 
but you have to make something that appeals to the demographic that you are going for and the content of what you have created, the product that you're presenting will carry it the distance. It's about getting people to be interested. In this internet sphere, it's more or less about can you get someone to click on your website? And what makes people stay on your website is the content presented. I have two websites currently. One is my personal portfolio and the other is the 20-Year Crisis website. And I know personally that if people click on my 20-Year Crisis website, then they will be immersed in the world that I'm creating. Because nowadays, an idea is one thing, but you have to build a world around it for people to be gratified enough. Our attention spans are shrinking, guys. There is an influx of content continually being presented to us at an astronomically quick rate. There's too much. People don't have time anymore. They never did. And the short-sighted people who are making content or are creating things or are even just acting in life, the short-sighted ones will make something that appeals to the times, that appeals to the present that is personified right now. But the people with longevity, the people with foresight, and the people who have a consideration of their legacy, they will make something that does appeal to the times in its presentation but its content will always be universal. When you think about music, I look at albums like Because the Internet, which I referenced in the first podcast. When you listen to that album, it sounds new. It doesn't sound dated at all. There's a way for music to sound dated, and if you want, <laughs> if you want examples, listen to music that was produced in the 90s, 80s, and 70s. You can tell sonically, which is the presentation aspect of music. Sonically, some records don't have that universal appeal. But when you listen to something like a personal favorite record of mine, when you listen to Maggot Brain by Funkadelic, that record sounds like the 70s, but it still sounds fresh today. When you listen to Stevie Wonder, same goes. When you listen to Smokey Robinson, when you listen to Arthur Lee, when you listen to Bootsy Collins, it all sounds fresh, even though the time is nearly 40 years ago. Longevity is important. And what I will say is when you evade short-sightedness, if you're able to ascend past this way of thinking that you have to make something for the, not just for the now as in living in the now, but you have to make something that will only appeal to the now. If you evade that thought process, when you evade short-sightedness, you are now in concern of your legacy. And as I previously, man, my words are bad. I'm sorry. As I previously said, Legacy is the story of someone's life, the things they did, places they went, goals they accomplished, their failures, and more. 
your life is a full picture. It is not just a snapshot of the present time. In order to be a complex human being, you have to realize that living in the present is the only thing that you need to do in order to fully understand your power. But you have to be able to take aspects of your past and you have to be able to sprinkle it in and understand this, right? If an aspect of your past is able to come into fruition in the present, why does it hold weight? Ask yourself the questions and reflect accordingly. Because if you do that, you will be able to become immortal. Immortality isn't something that can happen in the flesh. It's something that can happen in the mind. And it's something that can happen once you're gone. Truthfully, there's a Banksy quote that I found before, you know, and it said, they say you die twice. One time when you stop breathing and a second time when somebody says your name for the final time. Why do people care about what their name means now? People that care about that is what I refer to as clout. People think clout is legacy. Cloud is just a phase. It's going to fade away. Everything in this life is going to fade away. And what will be left on your day of judgment, on your reckoning day, is the only question that matters. What did you do? And how did it help? What are you doing to help humanity? What are you doing to help people see their truth? The truth isn't supposed to be beautifully wrapped and bowed, but for some people it needs to be presented like that. And when they unwrap it, that is when they will finally see what they've been avoiding their whole life. If you ask anybody who's in a position of power, they know that their position of power didn't come without the expense of others. But they don't want to see that. Leaders don't want to go to often neglected places because they don't want to see how they failed these people. And they don't want to take accountability for failing those people. As long as the people they know and they've seen in the flesh are fine, that's all that matters. But that's your ego talking. That's short-sightedness. When you leave this world, will you leave knowing you made it a better place? Or will you leave it Feeling like you could have done more. Please, I'm begging you, don't live in regret if that case happens. Just hope and pray that you are able to do something in the next phase of what you're, whatever you believe happens next. I know what I believe and I will always stick by what I believe. But let me, let me say this. And this is written, so I'm sorry um, for now. But So in speaking to the inherent ego that exists in all of us, my question is, what do you want your legacy to be? To help the world, help your family, or help yourself? To me, there's only one answer that holds validity, and that's helping the world. Because when you help the world, you can encompass yourself and your family in that. But some people, they are 
not endowed with the forefront vision to see that far. A lot of people just want to get out of their current situations and help people immediately closest to them. And that's beautiful. If you help the people around you, guess what? You're helping the world. Because if you're helping people see their value that are close to you, that can help. But don't make that the sole thing that your purpose is in living. Do not act like helping the people closest to you is the only way you can help the world. My words have rang true to so many people that I will never meet. And I think that that's beautiful. Do I think that I'm that impactful? I personally don't, but a lot of people will tell me otherwise. So I'm just going to go with my instinct and say I'm not that impactful. But that's not to say I'm not impactful at all. We all have impact. We all have power. The issue is, because of the systems that are currently enacted or in place, we don't realize that. We don't realize our power. There are so many things that we can do in regards to helping people, but we act like the only people that can help are the people we elect into these public offices. They should take it upon themselves to help people. I am not saying that they shouldn't. But what I am saying is they shouldn't be the only ones. Helping the world might just simply be saying hello and I'm happy you're alive. People might think it's weird because we have become conditioned to not hear that from people we are not close to. This world has really tricked us. We have tricked ourselves. In the natural world, things weren't this complicated. Sometimes I feel like people want to go closer and closer to that. But by going to that, what are we really achieving? Going backwards has never led us forwards. Never. If we think so, then I don't know what to really say. Genuinely. We have to continue moving forward. We have to evade short-sightedness. People say have short-term goals and long-term goals. Why don't you just have goals? <laughs> Why do we have to label everything? Why do we have to add a notion of separatism to everything? Why can't your short-term goals and your long-term goals coincide? Truth be told, if you want to continue to hold, uphold the practice of short-term goals, then make them your goals in the present. And long-term goals can be the same. The present. I know that I keep on drawing that point in, and people might think that it is a superficial way to look at the world, but it's the way I learn. I've unlearned seeing the world in the ways that I was taught, and I'm learning a new way to see the world. I'm learning to see people in a different light. Do I trust people? I can't even say I do, because a lot of people will take this information and they will use it to justify their complicitness in allowing people's existence to be infringed upon. I can't say I trust people, but I have to.
I have to trust them because what else am I to do? I am a human being that has to coexist with other human beings. I have to look past the things that are happening in the today and consider how they will be perceived later. I have to consider that, but that won't stop me from living in the present still. Consideration is the number one thing that I need to be taken away from these podcasts, from the present turmoil. I need people to understand that in order to grow, consideration is necessary because it can lead to reflection. And reflection is the fuel needed to propel growth. Be honest with yourself genuinely. Be honest in what you want your legacy to be. I want my legacy to be a person who helps. At its core, how I do that is for me to decide. But I need to help people. I need people to see how powerful they are. I need you to see how powerful you are. Because you are the now. We need this. We need this species to do better. There are a lot of things that we need to consider. We need to have a universal awakening. We need to understand that we have done nothing but damage in our lives, even if it was intentional or not. Damage has been a lasting impact of humanity, and the fact that we do it to each other is preposterous. Nobody acts on insanity for no reason. You can see how a society has failed somebody by how they act in those times. We have failed one another. And speaking on my behalf, I am sorry. I am sorry that I have failed you to an extent. And that extent being that as a species, we have all failed. But that won't make me stop. There is still something in me that is telling me to try to keep going. I'm not just going to sit around and give up. I could live comfortably if I wanted to just by understanding what I do and going about my life. I can die knowing this stuff and be satisfied because I have exemplified what I consider to be real change in the world but what am I doing for the world by doing that what am I doing for the world by not allowing people to really consider all of these things please just think about that I love you all and that has been the present turmoil please consider reflect grow and I will catch you on the next one